1: Hey and welcome to the Pure Flix podcast. I am Billy Hollowell and we have got a packed show for you today. I want to dive into a topic that I think is is difficult. It's a tough Topic right now, but it's something that's important when you look at the pandemic and everything that's gone on in this country, what we've seen happen around the world, really. But you obviously have the pandemic, you have the shutdowns, you have all sorts of opinions about those things. And we're not going to get into that. But what we are going to talk about is the reality of what is happening is that in addition to physical illness, there are people who are really struggling right now. And, you know, today's show is a little more serious in that we're actually looking at issues of mental health and really just having a conversation about about that. It's incredibly important. And we covered a story over on the PureFlix Insider. That's our blog over at insider.pureflix.com. And a lot of times on this show, we look at culture, we look at what's going on in culture, we look at Hollywood. And today's show, we're looking really at the state of our hearts, our souls, our minds, where we are right now. And there was a finding from the CDC, the Centers for Disease Control. They revealed this finding and it was really shocking to me. They did a survey at the end of June, and they surveyed all Americans, or a cross-section, rather, of Americans, not all Americans, and they asked, you know, people how they were feeling um, emotionally. And one of the questions had to do with suicide, and I'm going to read you this statistic because it's practically unbelievable to me. They found that one in four young adults aged 18 to 24, these are young people, 25.5%, right? That's one in four had contemplated suicide within 30 days of taking that survey. So we are talking about one in four young people in this country struggling with having had a thought of suicide at some point during the pandemic. And that just points to really the need that we have to be reaching out to people, right? And so we have a story over at insider.pureflix.com offering up some tips, things that we can do to really just be in touch with those around us. A lot of us, some people have been unfazed by COVID, right? Others have really seen their entire lives be turned upside down, not being able to go to school, not being able to go to work, losing their jobs, and young people are no exception. We're seeing this massive impact over young Americans. And so we, we've got to pay attention to that. So some of the things we talk about in this story, reach out to your loved ones, right? Sending texts, emails, phone calls, just checking on each other, right? If you know someone's having a difficult time, reaching out in love and care to be there for that person. Sharing encouragement, you know, diving into Bible verses about strength. We've got a list of them, and you, you'll see there's one about weariness and strength. We've got um, Bible verses about God's Word on faith in hard times, and we've got a list Of 50 Bible verses about faith, hope, and encouragement. So, we've got links. You know, I'm sure a lot of you already have verses that are important to you. Share them, share them on social media, share them with your friends and your family, and just put them out there. We've got to encourage one another. This has been a really difficult time for so many. And obviously, pray. That's another one of the the tips we have in the story. And that's common sense, but I think we get busy and we forget to pray sometimes for other people. And so, Prayer matters, and it can make a huge impact by seeking God on behalf of other people. So let's do that. Um, head over to insider.pureflix.com. You can read more about those CDC results, and you can see some of the tips that we have for reaching out to others. And listen, I mean, a lot of a lot of us just need an escape too. And so there's so much great content over at Pureflix, and I'd encourage you guys to check it out. We've got. All kinds of comedies and inspirational content, faith and family friendly content to enjoy with your family. I mean, one thing I have been doing with my family is movie nights a lot. And sometimes it may be a TV show that we watch, but we, we still call it a movie night. You pop some popcorn, you hang out, you just sit down and you enjoy some laughs with your family and also focus on, on stories that really matter, right? Movies and TV shows that have a deep and strong meaning. That's what we need right now. And, and we see so much craziness happening in the world. We have got to get connected to God, stay connected, and really reach out to one another. Now, on today's show, as I mentioned, we are going to be diving into some some tough topics. We are going to be speaking today with somebody who is just phenomenal. Her name is Kayla Stokeline, and her husband, Andrew, was a megachurch pastor um, out in California. And Andrew died by suicide in 2018, and it was really an international story uh, for a lot of reasons. Obviously, Andrew had three kids, a wife, a family. He was a megachurch pastor, and he had been struggling. And so I'm going to be talking with Kayla in just a moment here, but she has a new book out. She's going to be talking a lot uh, really about her experience and her experience understanding mental health, what she went through with her husband, Andrew, and so much more. So with no further ado, I would like to welcome Kayla to the Pure Flix podcast. Hey, Kayla. Thanks for joining me today.
2: Hey, thanks so much for having me. Honored to be here.
1: So you have a new book that's coming out. It's called Fear Gone Wild, and I absolutely love the title, especially in light of, of your story and what you and your family have been through in the last couple of years. Um, so I wanted to start there. What led you to, to choose that title, Fear Gone Wild?
2: Yeah, I was doing some research for the book, and I had been researching panic attacks, and one description of panic attacks was Fear Gone Wild. And when I read that, I'm like, oh my gosh, that is just so perfect for what, what I felt like happened in our home. It felt like fear stepped foot into our home, into my husband's mind, into his body and just spread like wildfire.
1: And fear, you know, fear is, is like a virus and, you know, it's, it's, it's so difficult. It's something we all experience. And so with that um i i guess we we should probably talk a little bit about the fact that your husband andrew um, he died in 2018 by suicide and that is such a difficult thing especially when it's something that a it's difficult on its own obviously and then b when it's something that's public and people are are asking about or they're seeing it and in this case, I remember reading about it at the time and just praying for you guys and, and thinking about you guys and what you were going through. When you first, when you first found out about that, when the news first hit, how, how did you process that?
2: Mm-hmm. We, um, I was absolutely shocked and stunned. I truly, truly, truly could have never predicted it and never saw it coming complete shock and horror and trauma and unbelievable. And that's still, that's like still a reality for me, even two years later, the two year anniversary is coming up and it's still just as unbelievable. I still can't believe it happened.
1: It's one of the most traumatic things that could ever happen, you know, in in life. And it's just, you know, and I think it's something that's touching so many people now, which is why, it is so amazing that you're speaking up about it, that you have Fear Gone Wild, you have a book that, you know, tells your story. And and really I think one of the questions so many people have, and this is such a difficult question, and I wanted to pose it to you, I think people outside who don't understand how these issues unfold and and mental health struggles, they'll often say, How could a Christian struggle with these things? Or how could a pastor, you know, of a megachurch Um, in the case of Andrew's struggle with this. How could this happen? How have you grappled with those questions as you've understood more of these issues and you've processed over these past two years?
2: Yeah, you know, I would say that I that I fell into that category as well. I truly um, put suicide off the table and thought that could never happen. That would, that would never happen to Andrew. That would never happen to our family. Like, he loves God. He's a Christian. He serves God with his life. He's a good man. Like, that would never happen to him. And what I've come to realize uh, post-loss, now that I'm grieving and learning more about suicide and learning more about mental illness and mental health, is that uh, mental illness, depression, and suicidal ideation and anxiety, like that is not a faith issue. Our mental, the state of our mental health does not separate us from the love of God and does not mean we don't have enough faith, or we're not praying enough, or we're not reading our Bible enough, or we're not spending enough time with God. And I think so often that's where a lot of uh, pain happens for people who come to the church with their, their pain and their problems and, and their depression and their anxiety and they try to seek help and try to share their deepest darkest thoughts and they get rejected and they get told they just need to pray more or they get verses slapped on it and like, like you know just just pray and give all your anxious thoughts to God and and don't worry about anything instead pray about everything like that oftentimes happens, and, it, and it, all it does is stigmatize uh, mental illness, and mental illness is a real physical illness. It's not a faith issue. It's not a spiritual issue. It's a real physical illness. The mind is really sick, and it's just as real as any other illness. And that's what I've come to discover through my healing process, um, and it's really helped me have empathy for my husband and empathy for other people that are also suffering.
1: Yeah, and, and it's so complicated, and I think a, a lot of people in the church are learning about it right now. They're, they're starting to understand it. It's, it's becoming more of a conversation, and I was just reporting this week on a story out of the CDC that um, among 18- to 24-year-olds, they did a survey at the end of June, and they asked, you know, in the last 30 days, have you had suicidal thoughts in any way due to the pandemic. And 25.5% of people between the ages of 18 and 24 said that they had had suicidal thoughts at at least one point in that past 30 days. I mean, that is a, that is a crisis, right? I mean, that is a that's mm-hmm. one in four young people right now in this country struggling. And um, I think it was 10 percent overall uh, when they had asked, you know, when you look at all age groups, that's one in 10 people. Um, I mean, it's just this is a crisis. And I know a lot of people are going through this or they're experiencing it. I've lost friends to suicide um, and, and something that touches so many people's lives um, in your own life. How did you. I mean, I can't even imagine. How do you move forward? You have three small kids, I believe, right? And and how do you? How did you guys right. go from that shock of learning the news to saying, okay, now we have to take steps forward in a situation we never could have imagined?
2: Yeah, you know, there's no guidebook for any of it. Um, there's no guidebook for processing a death by suicide. There's no guidebook for. Uh, being, becoming a single parent overnight. Um, there's no guidebook for, for becoming also the leader and provider of the home overnight. So it's been a day by day process for me of leaning into God, of surrendering uh, what I thought my life was going to look like, and then accepting what my life is. Um, it's, it's holding what was in one hand and slowly grasping what is in the other hand and stepping forward into what could be like, okay, God, what, what was, was wonderful. Like I truly loved my life. I really loved my life. I loved being a pastor's wife. I was reading a book by Kay Warren called divine privilege when my husband died. That was about being a pastor's wife. Like I really, truly loved my life. And I thought that's what I was going to be doing for the next 30 years. And so when my husband passed away, that entire life died with him. And so I was handed this brand new life that I did not want, that I did not ask for, that I never saw coming and that that I had no choice but to live. Mm. And so it's an everyday, it's still, it's a wrestle, you know, it's still a wrestle. It's still a wrestling with my circumstances and a wrestling with God and like, okay, how how am I going to do this? And some days it is completely overwhelming. I mean, caring for three boys, when my husband passed away, they were two, four, and five. So very young. Now they're four, um, six, and seven. Um, and so caring for young boys and walking them through their grief. while I'm also processing my grief and shock and pain Um But one of the biggest things that was so helpful for me as a single parent was creating space for myself to grieve. So I put all my boys, all three of them into a really safe, wonderful private school um, full time and even through the summer so that I could have space during the day to do what I needed to do for my healing. That way, when I was with them, I could be fully present to them and that I was filled up so that I could pour out for them. So we're, you know, we're we're doing okay. Two years later, and if you saw my boys today, you really would not know the trauma that they've walked through. Like you would have no idea what they've walked through because they're so resilient and they're so full of joy and they're so happy. And, you know, Andrew's life and Andrew's love um, and the loss is part of who we are as a family. We talk about Andrew every single day. We talk about memories of him. The boys still have very vivid memories of him that they'll randomly share um, throughout the day. We talk about heaven a ton, we talk about death a ton, like their reality growing up is one parent on earth and one parent in heaven, and that's just their reality. My, um, My oldest son, last year, it was the very first Mother's Day after my husband passed away. And I went to his school and they had this super cute Mother's Day makeover where all the kids get to like do makeup on their moms (laughs) and do their hair. And it was adorable. And they had those uh, fill in the blank things for Mother's Day that they always do that are super fun. Like mom's favorite food is this. And I love it. when My mom does this. And I'll never forget on the on the paper on one of the fill in the blanks. It said, I love it when my mom takes me to the cemetery and takes me to Disneyland literally the saddest place on earth and the happiest place on earth in the same sentence. And so that's our life. It's one foot in the saddest place on earth and one foot in the happiest place on earth. And that's how we've been moving forward. We're holding both really deep sorrow and then really true joy.
1: How did you deal with the fact that, and and I'm curious how, you know, again, suicide always being traumatic when you have a pastor who commits suicide? And I know this, these are questions that you know came up with Jared Wilson last year, and, and these are things that we've seen happen, unfortunately, again and again. You have a lot of people who are obviously part of the church family, and they're connected to you, and so there's this other level to this when it's a pastor. How did you journey through that, and how did the church journey through that? What was that process like?
2: You know, yeah, it was a huge uh, grief for our church. Our church had just lost, they lost two lead pastors within two years. Uh, My father-in-law was the lead pastor of the church, and he had just handed the church over to Andrew in 2015, just a few months before he passed away. And so within two years, our church lost two beloved pastors, like they really, truly loved these men. And so it was deeply, deeply painful for our church. Um, but I am so grateful for the way that they responded. Like they really, truly loved our family, and I received thousands of handwritten cards in the mail, cards written to my boys, cards written to me. They supported us financially through a GoFundMe campaign. Because my husband died by suicide, there was no life insurance. And so they supported us through GoFundMe. Like the way the church responded was really beautiful and the way that you would hope the church would respond to something like this. And I honestly was very surprised. Like I I thought that there would be so much judgment and, sh- and so much criticism because he was a pastor and because suicide is so misunderstood, I really expected there to be a lot more criticism and negativity, and, and I've been so grateful that that has not been the case for me, and I know that that's not true for everybody, so I, I have a heart full of gratitude uh, for the church and for the big C church at large and just the outpouring of love and support that we really received worldwide.
1: That's that's amazing to hear. And and I can't imagine again, you know, the trauma of, of the loss and then not have being afraid, I would imagine, that fear of resources and what you're gonna do. You have three young kids and you know so much of of your story and the resilience that you're showing in writing Fear Gone Wild and openly talking about this, you know, not everybody would feel called to talk about it. Some people would Um, be very silent about what they've gone through, but I think you have a lot of lessons to teach people. What you just said about the Church, too, is incredible to hear that there was that kindness and compassion and love, as there should be, um, in a Church for you guys. And you know, one of the things that comes up in this this misunderstanding and discussion of of suicide is, you know, a real debate over the the cause of suicide and mental illness versus spiritual warfare and what level to which these things play into it. And you and you have so many opinions and misunderstandings. You know, what would you say to somebody who would say that you know it's only a spiritual issue that there's nothing else going on with somebody who is struggling with something like this?
2: I would say that there that, you know, it's what I've what I've learned about mental health is that it's not black and white. It's all gray. And so maybe in some cases it is maybe in some cases it is it is all spiritual and it's not um, a physical chemical imbalance going on. But for my husband, in our circumstance, I would say it was both. You know, he had a very intense spiritual warfare um, component to it, I have a whole chapter in the book called stranger things where I talk about these real, very real experiences that he had with with evil. And for him, I mean, he saw creatures, he heard voices, I mean, it was very, very real and very, very terrifying for him. And so that was a part of our journey, but it was a part. It wasn't the whole journey. He also had a real diagnosis from a real doctor and he was taking medication and he was being treated for a real physical illness happening in his brain. And so I would say that uh, we have to have a lot of grace and that we have to have a lot of space for each individual journey through mental health and mental illness and that there's no one size fits all approach. And I would say that's why sometimes medications work and sometimes they don't. That's why sometimes prayer offers supernatural healing and that person never struggles with depression again. And other times it doesn't. That's why sometimes diet and exercise is healing. And other times it's not like it's, there's no one size fits all approach. It is all gray. It's not black and white. We have to have so much grace and so much empathy for each individual process. And we can't compare to uh, two different journeys of mental illness. Like every single journey is unique, and every single um, healing journey is going to be unique as well. My last
1: question for you, and I so appreciate you sharing that. You know, I just worked on a book about spiritual warfare, um, and it's you know, I think it's it's so complicated and. I think the church needs to understand mental illness. We need to, and that's the journey you've been on now. Um, And I think hearing from you on it, somebody who's who's really gone through what you guys have is very helpful. But what would you you want people to take away from Fear Gone Wild? What's the big lesson?
2: You know, my hope is that this book um, really, truly helps us continue to break down the walls and break the stigma surrounding mental illness. My hope is that it would help all of us Uh, be people of greater love and greater empathy and view mental illness through a brand new lens of that love and of that empathy and that we could really love people better and save people's lives in the way that we respond to their diagnosis and the way that we walk alongside them in their pain.
1: Kayla, thanks so much for coming on the show today and I wish you best of
0: luck getting that message out.
2: Thank you so much for having me. Really, really appreciate it.
0: Did you know you can access thousands of entertaining and inspiring faith and family friendly TV shows, movies, and original series? It's simple. Just log on to PureFlix.com right now to start your free trial. From kids content to some of the most uplifting films, we've got your entire family covered. Sign up today.
1: And that brings us to the end of the Pure Flix podcast today. I want to do what we normally do. And I don't know if you've noticed this, but we've been sharing scriptures on the show, kind of ending the show with a powerful Bible verse, right? Something that can give us some sanity in this crazy world. And so today's verse, brace yourself, give a drum roll. That was a terrible drum roll, but pretend that was a drum roll. The verse is going to be... Proverbs 29, 25, the verse reads, Fear of man will prove to be a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. You know, we're going to hear a lot of things in culture. We're going to hear a lot of things in the world, and it's easy to fear man. There's a lot of things to worry about in life, right? When it comes to jobs and what we believe and think about things. And we obviously need to always be respectful, but the, the notion that maybe holding a certain viewpoint, holding a faithful viewpoint, can be something that poses difficulties. And thinking through the importance of keeping our sights on God, that He is our refuge in times of trouble, that God will keep us safe, that we trust in Him, um, and that we don't fall into the snare of fearing man. I think that's such an important thing. So Proverbs 29, 25 is the verse of the week to focus on this weekend and the week ahead. And I thank you guys so much for tuning in. I hope you will tune in next week for another episode of the Pure Flicks Podcast.
0: That's all for today's podcast. You can follow Pure Flix on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Pure Flix and on Twitter at Pure Flix. And be sure to log on today to PureFlix.com for thousands of faith and family friendly movies and TV shows. Thanks for listening to the Pure Flix podcast.